2: You know what I've missed most about sports since we've been sheltering in place? Just going to a spot and watching a game with friends. It's just not the same watching it at home. Even when the Warriors are winning, I just it's just not the same. But luckily, the Athletic Club Oakland, they've got our back. Did you know they shut down the entire side street next to them just to create the town gardens? The spot is amazing, It's got TVs everywhere, comfortable seating. It's got their full food and bar service. I mean, this place is dope. I went the other day with Bram, and officially, it's our go-to spot for all sports, especially the Dubs. So hopefully we'll see you there. And as a special thank you, if I see you wearing a Warriors huddle shirt, next beer is on me. The Athletic Club Oakland. That's where sports fans can finally be sports fans again.
3: We're going to bring you
1: into our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus.
2: What's up, Dub Nation?
1: And our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Boys, it's been too long since our last recording, and it's been way too long since we had one of my favorite guests, the Warriors expert for the San Francisco Chronicle since 2009. A basketball mind who has covered every single second of Steph Curry's remarkable career. The author of Golden State Warriors: Strength and Numbers and a man with just endless knowledge of Mickey Moore's pet alligator, Mr. Rusty Simmons. What's going on, Rusty?
3: I'm doing great. And, and you're right. I, I probably know more about Mikey's alligators and bulldog situation than anything else in my life.
1: Know that. I looked up, so I I remember that you and I talked about Moore. I remember that you told me about his shady pets. And I remember that he played for the Warriors. But rusty, I couldn't remember what his first name was. I thought it was either Mickey or Mikey. I'm sitting in a car right now recording this. And I practiced his name both ways like 10 times. Did I get it right? I I couldn't even tell if I actually hit it.
3: I think that for uh, editing purposes, I think that you might have missed it. And then I said it without correcting you.
1: So I You know what? Then you are the man. And the only reason I asked you if I thought I got it right is that you didn't correct me. And I thought I did. So let's just edit. Let's just edit this entire part out. <laughs> and boys, <laughs> let's jump into the main portion. So only one segment today. It's the Warriors Oracle. Rusty, you've done this with us before. Basically, it's just a mail's bag. Um, our listeners are way smarter than I am. They come up with far better questions. And today, They came up with some pretty great final stuff and some personal things. And they started with this one. Who do you boys want to win in the finals and why? So not who do you think will win? I'm not talking predictions here. What we're looking for is who you're rooting for. And I'll go first. And it's not who I'm rooting for. It's who I'm rooting against. I just don't want Chris Paul to win. And after last night's performance where he looked like every piece of a legendary point guard, he's earning that nickname point God more than anything. Really what I don't want is a Chris Paul finals MVP. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. So I don't really care if the bucks win. Sure. I'd like to see Giannis, you know, reach his potential, but what I am rooting for is a Phoenix loss or more specifically CP3 disappointment. So that's where I'm coming from. Mt, you're healthier than me. You're looking at this series. Who do you want to win?
2: I'm torn. I I don't want CP3 to win one either, just because of his days back in Houston and our beef with him as Warriors fans. But I also kind of want to stick it to Giannis for staying with the Bucks and not signing with the Warriors, even though that was a pipe dream. That was my pipe dream. So I've just got two players on either team that I just really don't want to win. So I, I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping the Warriors win somehow.
1: Did you somehow just out neurotic me? Nicely played, <laughs> man. Like you actually brought more hate than I did. Maxime, do you have any real rooting interest here?
4: Man, that, that was crazy. I'm still kind of shell shocked that MT came out with that vitriol. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm definitely rooting against Phoenix. Um, but I'm also rooting for Giannis. I'm, I'm pretty excited for him. Um, I'm a little bit annoyed by the narrative, you know, that he can't be in the running for regular season MVP, MVP until he wins um, an actual championship. Uh, I think that's an absurd statement. So I just want to see that no longer be a part of the conversation.
1: Rusty, are you going to give me some bullshit about how you stay completely neutral and you don't actually have a rooting interest? I was you. You called me on it. I was totally going to do
3: that. Um, but I can tell in this, in this sense, I'm going to say that there is actually a human being in this that is worth rooting for, and it doesn't matter about basketball and being objective or anything. Drew Holiday is one of the best human beings in basketball in the world, and I want him to win everything.
1: Why? Give me a little color on that. What? I mean, I know nothing about Drew Holiday. What makes him one of the best people on earth? Well, his family is fantastic forever,
3: Um, and one of Justin, his brother, has been through the Warriors, so I got to know the holidays quite a bit, and um, so the family is fantastic. Drew himself has donated so much money to black owned businesses and to really social things that will actually make a difference in social change and justice. And um, he, he's just one of the best humans I know. And I would, I would like him to
1: win all the games. I respect your zag. I like that. Marcus, Maxime, and I all go out of our way to just give you, like, hatred. You know, I want people to suffer and not do well. And you're literally on the exact opposite end of the spectrum with, like, feel-good stories to justify it. So, nicely played. You won't be shocked to learn, Rusty, that Warrior fans are tending to lean more towards us than they are towards you. So, yesterday, took to Twitter and shot out a tweet asking, all right, Warrior fans, who are we rooting for? And the one kind of consistent response we got was not Chris Paul. And they were ugly. Here, let me give you some examples. So, again, the question was, who are you rooting for in the finals? Here's one response. I'm rooting for everyone playing against p 3 Here's another response. I don't care as long as Paul plays terribly, knows he has played terribly, and is really sad at the end. And then here's my favorite. Who would you like to win? Answer. Chris Paul is an asshole just just straightforward no justifications at all which leads to this question and Rusty I'm going to put it towards you why do Warrior fans hate Chris Paul because I'm I'm one of them you know like I, I just gave you my whole vitriolic answer I, I detailed that what I want to have happen is is Paul not win but if I look back it's not like Paul has dominated the Warriors you know I mean really um Marcus mentioned Houston and our relationship and hatred with them and Paul. But you know what we did to Houston when Paul was there? We beat their ass. We have beaten Paul's ass almost every stop of the way. But there still is this consistent F you towards him. Why, Rusty? What is it? You know, use use your reporting skills and give me some kind of objective reason why all of us can't stand this guy.
3: I, I don't know. You guys are weird. (laughs) <laughs> a terrible response i mean so, so I'll, I'll i'll take it further like the history of chris paul and steph curry goes back even before the nba they're good friends they're both from carolina chris paul helped steph curry get into the league played together in camps when steph curry was hurt during his early years and chris paul was getting married aisha went to the wedding to represent the curry families Like they're close Right, They've always been, and I know there is this fan-based hatred between the two, but they've known each other forever. They're friends, and of course, if you play each other over and over again with Clippers and Warriors and then Houston and the Warriors, there are some things they go about. But in the Clippers-Warriors series, they actually almost stood up to racism when— everything was going on with the Clippers owner and the players almost walked out together. Like they, they they've been closer than they have been enemies for a long time. So I don't know okay. why,
1: the, I don't know why the
3: Warriors don't, don't like Chris Paul.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and I mean, I can't even interrupt you now because I let you finish the answer, but I'm going to remind you that the question was not, why should warrior fans like Chris Paul? Like I don't need like a soliloquy on his relationship with Steph. Where do you think the hatred comes from? Empty. Rusty is just too professional and mature today. I'm going towards you. Why? So you know what I just said is true. Warriors have had success. What Rusty just said was true. Apparently, there's a real friendship between you know our captain and and CP3. So where does the animosity come from? Why do we dislike
2: this? It comes from a few places, and it might not be rightfully placed, but. Um, Listen to these,
1: Rusty. I want you to pick up each (laughs) one of these. You should be taking fucking notes right now.
2: One of them is the story, and I don't know if it's true, but that before a game, um, uh, Steph and a few other players wanted to visit a chapel before a game um, and CP3 like nixed it and didn't allow it to happen. Um, So I know some people who were closely following the Warriors didn't like CP3 for that reason. And if that's true or not, Um, but I think on the court, it's just because CP three is viewed as, you know, one of the best point guards ever to play. Uh, And then Steph comes along and he challenges for that mantle and the way CP three kind of, you know, like flops for calls and throws his head back. And just the way he plays and the way he played as a clipper and as a rocket and You know, Houston taking us seven games and, you know, if it wasn't for a Paul hamstring pull, maybe they beat us. Who knows? Um, You know, there's just all those those lines where as a player, we just don't like him because of what he represents and how how he plays. He's like hard and light when it comes to being able to watch a fun basketball player. So. Um, of course.
1: I mean, and, and Rusty, I want to see an article that has all of these points some point in the Chronicle in the next <laughs> week. But I will make this both general and specific. Let's start with specific. Paul has had fun with people on our team. He mocked uh, Steve Kerr openly. You know, there, there's that um, video of him agreeing with Kerr on the sidelines and pretending to give him a facial expression to suggest, yeah, hey, yeah, what you're doing is right. And then immediately turns over and gives a facial expression that says, Nope, fuck you. I don't agree with it. There's the story not only of the chapel, but when supposedly Steph Curry wanted to work out in Houston in advance of game six in the Western Conference Finals, Chris Paul didn't allow him to do it, stopped him from, from going forward. And then the general stuff, he's disingenuous, the flopping, the bullshit we have seen it during these playoffs we've seen it with the Warriors and you combine those two things of course there's some animosity so after hearing all of this rusty hold
4: cool. on can I can I add one more of course please because I, I think this on, is dude. this is important. All right it's the it's a little bit in the general and a little bit in the specific uh because it was when um Jordan Bell was on the Thunder in his hiatus in between his Warriors career. Um, Chris Paul tattled on him for having the untucked shirt. I think that is just the most Bush League (laughs) bullshit um, that exists in the NBA. I mean, it's that kind of like mind game thing that I think underlies all of this stuff. And to me is like the not fun part of basketball. So anybody that has that kind of energy, especially on our boy Jordan Bell, uh, is one that's not in my book.
1: Alright, where you at, Rusty? We got the shirt thing, we got kicking out of chapels. I gave you I thought a really cool paradigm of specific and general. If I talked you into it, is it do you guys divide? You guys
3: are right. I get it. <laughs> I completely understand. Like Chris Paul is the foil to the Warriors. He's he's everything that a fan would hate. He's really good. He's demonstrative and ridiculous in his flopping. And he does have so many specific reasons why he shouldn't have called out Jordan Bell's untucked shirt. He shouldn't demand that anybody doesn't go to chapel. Those are all wonderful mind games and fantastic reasons why any, any fan would like him on his team and why the Warriors don't like him because he's never been on their team.
1: Marcus, I can't tell. Is he just pacifying me? Is he actually agreeing with this or is he just saying that to make us stop talking about this?
2: Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, but um, I didn't know they were that close too. I didn't know that Aisha went to their wedding to represent. Whoa, the Curry whoa, whoa! Family.
1: Don't you start switching, Marcus. <laughs> this, there's only one person who's a Okay, I'm just moving on to the next topic. We are not. Talking Let's talk about, about
2: Drew Holiday and what a great guy he is. You know,
1: he's one of the best people I've ever met. I don't know <laughs> if you guys know anything about his background, but just a good fucking person, Rusty, If the basketball gods came to you and said, "All right," Give me a storyline you would like to play out in the finals, and we will make it happen. What would you ask for? Well, it's happening i mean if if there's a
3: a storyline that anybody would like in the world, it's you're gonna hate this, but it's Chris Paul, who's played in the league forever and been the league's best point guard during his generation. Taking a young team to go do this, like we, he's been thrown out of all these teams. Like the Clippers didn't want him, Houston didn't want him, Oklahoma City didn't want him, and all he does is go win everywhere.
1: And th- I knew you didn't mean th- it when you turned on him. I <laughs> knew you were just pacifying a you bastard. I don't know. I, I I'm gonna. All of your listeners are gonna hate me,
3: but to me, the best story is Chris Paul. I mean, it's he spent a whole career being the best point guard in the league during his generation they couldn't win right and all of these teams have gotten rid of him, got annoyed with them gotten rid of him. the Clippers didn't like him anymore Houston didn't like him anymore he goes to Oklahoma City he wasn't even going to report there he shows up and takes them to the playoffs (laughs) then he goes to Phoenix and takes all these young guys to the NBA finals it's absurd what
1: he does
2: he's fantastic
1: a great story I'm going to fight fire with fire. So I was going to say, I can't really say this. This isn't a storyline that I can ask for because it would just be too screwed up and would upset the basketball gods. But now that you've set it up, I have to, here's the storyline. I want to see rest. I want to see this guy after 11 years, make it all the way to the finals. Then I want to see Chris Paul get hurt, and I want to see Phoenix still Uh-oh. win. I want to see Phoenix still win. You heard me. Uh, that, I want him to. Okay. I want him to go down. I want his uh, legacy as an injured player to be nothing but cemented, and then for everybody to look around and suddenly think, "Wait a minute, was Phoenix really good without CP3? Maybe this was done without his assistance." That's how bitter and terrible of a person I am. If you hadn't forced me into this corner, because I didn't think I was going to be able to say this, the other thing I kind of want to have happen, I want to have Antetokounmpo find his free throw stroke. Not because I want him to be a good free throw shooter. I just want him to be able to theoretically say F you to that Phoenix crowd as they count to 10 every time. Because I just don't like the people I'm seeing in Phoenix. I'm kind of tired of the counting to 10. So it's what I'm hoping for.
2: Yeah, and he has to shoot it on nine every single time just so they... Continue to count and he makes the free throws on nine every time. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm with it. Yeah. MT, I, I have a legit line? question, though. Like? I have a legit question, Rusty. From a reporting standpoint, like to me, the Phoenix Milwaukee matchup, and I don't know if it's just because we're Warriors fans, but it just seems so uninteresting. Like the only thing that would have been worse would have been Phoenix in Atlanta. But yeah. <laughs> like this just seems like a boring, horrible final that. We just need to get through until we can get some of the better superstars back. That,
3: it is tough. You know, it yeah. is tough. You hit on it. Like, I'm not even trying to waffle on Bram's um, initial question of what storyline I would like to see happen in the NBA final. Like, there isn't a good story. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, 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 he came up with the best one, right? Like Chris Paul gets hurt and still that would make so much sense for this season. Everybody gets hurt. So of course the best player in the finals gets hurt and that team still manages to win. That is actually the best story, but I didn't think of that. But it's it, this is such an this is such a the, the NBA does not want this finals. It's horrible. The ratings are going to be worse than we've ever seen. They can as much as they want to, they can say Giannis is good and Chris Paul is good and try to do everything they can to market those two, but this is going to be a rough one. The, the, the ratings on this one are not going to be good.
1: Change the question then. Let me embrace what you just said. Let's assume nobody gets hurt, right? So the nightmare for the league has unfolded. All of these stars got hurt. AD Clay got hurt before the season even started. We didn't see one minute. Of Jamal, Denver got nude. I mean, all of these teams got taken out for injury reasons, not for basketball reasons. So let's assume everybody stays healthy, right? In, in this alternate dimension, there are no injuries and we're still in the finals. If that was true, if everybody stayed healthy, who would be playing in these finals currently? Rusty, why don't you go first? Uh, the Lakers and Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I have the exact same team. Either of you boys disagree?
2: Nope. Yeah, I don't think the Lakers. I mean, I, I get that they have LeBron and AD, but to me, their supporting cast which just punched above their weight last year I mean, because it was in the bubble. Like, I don't – I think if you're depending on Caruso and Kuzma and Caldwell Pope to kind of lead the way um, or – you know, Montrez Harold has somehow become a great defensive player in the playoffs. Like I think that's a recipe for a disaster and they just bared that out. I think the I think LeBron and A D played at their superstar level in the bubble and they didn't and that's why they came crashing down so hard.
1: I mean Uh, I've already agreed with Rusty. I see exactly where you are coming from, but I think the Lakers' size ultimately and still probably wins out. Thankfully, we didn't get to see it happen, and I guess we'll get a chance to watch it play out next year. Give me a random prediction, boys. Something that you think will happen that nobody else will see coming, Um, and I'll go first to allow you some time to think. I think Bobby Portis gets ejected from one of these games. There's a few things that go into that. One is just his craziest shit eyes. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody communicate intensity as effectively as Bobby Portis does, just with his eyes. Before the end of the anthem, I feel like he is ready to fight everybody in each arena, which I give him uh, immediate credit for. And this isn't just all theoretical. He also has kind of an ugly history. When he was playing in Chicago with Nikola Mirtik, he punched his teammate in the face and got... uh, got ejected. So I can see Portis being a little overcome with his intensity and finals emotion. And maybe he doesn't punch somebody, but I think he does something that gets him ejected from a game. So that's my prediction.
2: He broke Miritich's face. This punch yes, him.
1: yes, he did. And yeah. that team, like Miritich refused to play for them any longer. They had to trade off Portis it was an ugly scenario.
3: And Bram nailed it anyway. Like it's not just from playing it's before the anthem in the locker room. (laughs) He has a story of he views the other people as trying to hurt or injure his mom and goes into the game thinking that that's why he has that intensity. It's yeah. He, he might be the one.
1: His eyes do immediately communicate. Why did all fucking 50 of you guys talk shit about my mom in the locker room? (laughs) like it's too bad I have to kill everyone in this building, but it's going to happen.
3: The crazy thing is that he doesn't just do it for two seconds. Like he doesn't just change his mindset for two. He does it for sixty minutes. The, the game's only forty-eight, and he does it for sixty minutes. It's that is
1: remarkable. He must be so tired. Like at the yeah, end of the game, I mean, like his right. jaw must be hella tense, you know. Like his, his eyeballs must be hella dry. Like I don't think I've seen him blink one time. Yeah,
2: <laughs> nah, he's, he's in a different he's in a different mind frame than I can get. I got I got two ones for you. One, um, I I don't know if it happens, but I think if Giannis gets hurt hurt again, the Bucks play better with Giannis out. Um, and two, I think if the Suns win in gentleman's sweep or a sweep, I think um buttonholes or loses his job, even though he took him to the finals.
1: Uh, I can see both of those. Rusty, Maxime, either you guys got a prediction.
3: And then and then the Bucks offered the job to Becky Hammond, and She turns it down again because she says, You idiots, you had you had a chance of me already. I'm better than you. <laughs> So I like
1: that
3: I like that storyline extending <laughs> She doesn't um, say do it like to
2: Bobby Portis
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right <laughs> Alright, this is a serious one um, So, you know, get humor out of your system and really lock in Who wins the Benjamin Button Award for looking crazy old at a remarkably young age? And it's between Chris Middleton or DeAndre Ayton I think it's DeAndre Ayton. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody look like a 50-year-old while they were still 20. But Middleton, I mean, gives him a run for the Monday. But I, I'm, I'm going DeAndre. Who do you guys got here? Why do I have to take your choices? Why can't it be Greg Oden? Because Greg Oden isn't in the series. But that ultimately, I mean, you're also ruining my pyramid joke here because whoever you pick, the final question is, all right, that person versus Greg Oden. So give me okay. Greg Oden's competitor at least between Middleton and Aiden.
3: Uh, I mean, I can't. Shoot. I, they both spend their off seasons on the beach, so that's what happens.
1: <laughs> Maxime, give me an answer here. Uh,
4: I'm, I'm going Aiden. I feel like he's already. You know, I, I get what you're saying. saying he looks were- fifty, and at the same time, kind of looks like he's still an infant. It's a remarkable <laughs> dichotomy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think I, I yeah I'm going to go 8 and 2 so it'll be an 8 and Odin matchup but I think Cameron Payne needs to get an honorable mention. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Wait, was uh, I the only
3: one who didn't know there was a
1: tournament going on that was going to lead to Odin?
2: <laughs> no, you no, no. you revealed the tournament. Um.
1: Okay, yes. If you still didn't know it, then you were the only one who didn't or you're just reviving your your immediate and prolonged exercise and not listening to a fucking word I say. But let's we'll go ahead and finish off this tournament. Although the winner is very, I feel obvious. like
3: there, I feel like sometimes there's like notes that you guys talk about before you bring me on here
2: <laughs> that you guys like all have it. And I'm supposed to come up. That's with true, true but that on. this was not a note. That's not factually <laughs> accurate.
1: Also, there are times when I say things into a recorded microphone and. Only two of the three people <laughs> on the other side listen. And <laughs> that's, that's right. one of these scenarios, Resty. And I you know that's, right. that's, that's it's not gonna right. be the only time. It's not gonna be the only time <laughs> it happens. I guarantee it happens again. I'm going to assume all of us have Odin to finish out this tournament. By the way, Resty, this is a tournament. I don't know if you I don't know if you're able to pick that up. Uh going wait, into this ice Wait, there's a tournament? Wait, you didn't get the notes? I sent the notes to everybody to know what it was that we were doing. Rusty, go fuck yourself. And now let's go to a question whose answer uh, I am very excited for. So, quote, since the last time you guys recorded, Patrick Beverly lost his mind for a 10-second stretch and attacked Chris Paul. Have any of you ever done that in your life? Lost control and allowed your emotions to drive for a second? So nobody answered. What I want to do is turn this into one of these questions where we get to judge each other. So we're gonna go around and guess whether or not any of us have legitimately lost control to our emotions and don't limit it to physically, right? What we saw from Pat Bev, he lost his shit and he and he pushes Pat or he pushes CP3. But for this question, have it be verbally too. So either physically you've lost your mind. Or verbally, you said something that you absolutely didn't want to say, but your emotions forced you to. So let's start with me. You guys know me pretty well. What do you think? Have I ever lost control and allowed emotions to to make my decisions?
3: I don't think so, actually. It seems like the obvious answer is to say yes. But I think you actually think through stuff and care about what other people think and are very processed with
2: what you say and do. Artist. I feel like we know two different Brams.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Bram I know absolutely has multiple times this week already. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. I feel like this is like a trick trick question or something. Like I've done a full three sixty because for a second I was kinda of with Rusty and then I remembered alcohol. Um uh. And it's like, there's no no question. I've seen it happen.
1: You've talked about it on the pod. (laughs) Well, that's an interesting distinction. So my response is, Rusty's right. Fuck you, Marcus. Although Maxime is making me question myself a little bit. So the straightforward (laughs) answer is I am a control freak. Um, I I I have emotional problems. I do have outbursts. I'm as neurotic as they get. But by the time I'm doing something, it is so already thought out and written out and and controlled that there haven't been a lot of instances in my life where i've been willing to completely let go alcohol is an interesting (laughs) distinction especially since you know what three weeks ago i found myself apologizing to the Brooklyn fans i drunkenly screamed kd nasty takes that but even then even then maxime there was an element of planning before I said what it was that I decided to say. So I think my answer is no surprise answer. I have not gone Pat Bev. Let's turn to Marcus. I'll that's guess. The correct, first.
3: That's the correct answer
1: by the way. Yeah. yeah thank you. Thank you. Rusty. You clearly got my notes and I appreciate you. Uh, you <laughs> stepping up for me. Marcus is the next one up. I'll go first. I'm going to say no. Um, Marcus and I are friends for a reason. We do have, things in common i think this need for control is one of them so i do not think mt has flown off the hammer uh maxine what do you got on him
4: agreed yeah he's pretty level-headed i think he might say something to the effect of that he has you know because we've all had our short fuses and and emotional discontents but uh but overall i think it's for the same reasons that you were describing he's he's just a little bit too um yeah wanting to be in control and level-headed you know what a calm dude
1: Uh, Rusty, you pierced my emotional veil. I felt like you were, like, reading my diary when you gave your answer on me. What do you got on Marcus?
3: Maxime hit it. Like, Marcus, my feel is that he gets it. He's level-headed, thoughtful, introspective. I'm sure that because that he is thoughtful and introspective, he's going to say that he's lost his head at some point. But that's actually not true. He always... He always knows what's going on.
1: I feel like the adjectives you used for Marcus were way more positive than the ones you used for me, <laughs> even though you ended up at the same place, which is yeah, I like, I like him better. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I picked that up. I was listening in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> Unlike you. Marcus, give us a response. Have you lost control?
2: I have not. Uh, you're right. Uh, I, I try to think of stuff ahead of time too much that was just the way I was kind of raised is to before you act think what's going to happen two steps ahead of what you're going to do not the first step but even two steps so um even in the moments where I came close which are involved sports and you're usually on a basketball court or a soccer field um I'm still thinking ahead of what I'm about to do when I'm about to do it and and why I go there so um no I haven't I haven't lost it <laughs> Okay, Rusty,
1: your turn, buddy, so stay quiet for a second. Marcus Maxi, you boys have had a chance to learn Rusty, get a sense of his personality. Let's judge him. Do you think he has ever gone pat-bev in any scenario in his life? Uh, MT, why don't you go first? You guys seem to have a love fest going. What's <laughs> your answer?
2: My answer is no. My man, Rusty, is cool, calm, and collected, and – Never loses it. (laughs)
1: I'll go second just because I'll take that fucking bet. Rusty is calm, cool, and collected, but he definitely loses it in the course of competition. He might be the only person I've met who takes competition harder than I do. So do I think that, and he's also very controlled um, and is careful about what he says, but I think competition has gotten the better of him at least once, and there has been some time when uh when the emotions have the wheel actually where are you
4: yeah yeah I'm with you Bram and, and I think you know we've heard some stories about um planes needing to get grounded and I think the life of of being a journalist on the road like that takes its toll I think sleep deprivation can play a role here and I think though you know that is a concoction that leads to um the occasional snapping of a nerve
1: I like the idea that it actually wasn't Rusty's physical condition. They got him off that plane. It said he was just beating ass, and they're like, we need to get this guy off of here. Like, uh, we need to land the plane and get him the hell away. Rusty, take us out of suspense. What's the answer?
3: No, I, I appreciate people thinking that it was uh, not a kidney problem and uh, it had something to do with sleep. Um, I, I'm an absolute nutcase. When it, comes to compet- <laughs> when it comes to competition, uh, I try to calm myself and be cool and collected all the time. But when it gets to a point, I I am not good at life. <laughs> so have you gone Pat Bev? Have you lost it? Oh, there's 100% chance that I would. I mean, I I would hope that I wouldn't shove somebody in the back, but I would definitely shove somebody in the chest.
1: <laughs> Is there a reason why you're saying this? In like some kind of third-person reference, we're talking about you. Have you done it or have you not done it? I mean, what
3: what we're saying is, did are you did you go pat bev? Did you shove somebody in the back? I wouldn't do that, but I would definitely shove somebody in the chest <laughs> and, right, and, and, right. and 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 take care of whatever happened after that.
1: <laughs> Which actually leads to this transition. Do you know who I? And this is embarrassing, but who cares? I've said enough embarrassing things on this podcast. Do you know who I associated with on that whole back and forth? You know, so Pat Beverly chases down Chris Paul, pushes him to the ground. The person who I associated with was Frank Kaminsky. So the you know the the timeout had already been called, the game's over, and Phoenix players are out on the court. And the guy who is congratulating Chris Paul right before he got pushed was Frank Kaminsky. So Frank is in a position; he's looking the other way and he watches Pat Beverly come up to Chris Paul. He watches Beverly push him, and I would imagine Frank now knows that he's supposed to fight or he's supposed to do something, right? Because everyone's watched him. But I also imagine that Frank Kaminsky, much like me, can't fight and doesn't want to. So he's in this terrible scenario. You know, like he, he doesn't know what he's supposed to do, what his chances are. So what he winds up doing is half pushing him. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't actually start the fight, but he also doesn't immediately back away and, and ends up kind of, I don't know, splitting the difference and not satisfying anybody. So shout out to Frank Kaminsky. I feel you, buddy.
4: Well, and on top of that, I, I, I did a little research on him after seeing that situation. Uh, he and Pap Ev have like the same agent. They have the same trainer, you know? I think they're actually like really good friends. So could you imagine like watching your boy just completely fly off the handle? I, you know, I don't know what you do in that environment, especially when he's playing for the opposing team. Well,
1: that piece of uh, information kind of ruins this follow up, but I'm gonna ask it anyways. If they had actually done it, if they had thrown blows, who wins in a fight between Frank Kaminsky and Patrick Beverly? Bev
2: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Even with the reach, like, no question? Because I yeah, had this yeah. argument with a friend, and I feel like, you know, he'd probably he'd spend an hour and a half of Kaminsky trying to keep him at, uh, at, at length, but it in- would be one punch from Beverly, and then Kaminsky goes down probably.
3: In a, in a fight, it, it doesn't matter about reach or length or how tall you are big you are. It's who's crazier, who's wilder. Pat Bev wins. <laughs> name, name, name an NBA player. I'm probably going to pick Pat Bev.
1: <laughs> Mickey Moore, motherfucker. That's who I got for you. And I think I screwed up his name one more time. Let's move on. Gentlemen, who is your actual prediction? Who wins this finals and in- how many?
2: I'll go first. Uh, Phoenix and six.
1: I got Milwaukee in six.
4: Oh, I say Phoenix and five.
3: Wow, wow. That's, that's, the, that's the best one yet. I got I got Milwaukee and seven. I think the NBA always finds a way to make this thing go seven. Um, that's what they'll do. The series isn't attractive to anybody. It goes seven games, and I think Milwaukee ends up being the better team.
2: Keep you have seven games of this? Oh, my God. I know. I know. That's the right answer.
1: <laughs> I didn't mind that game. What? I don't know, man. I, I, maybe Phoenix I'm
2: in game. three. How about that?
1: <laughs> maybe I'm the outlier. I, I didn't mind that first game. Um, I kind of like these two teams. I mean, if I could pick a finals in the beginning of the season, I sure as shit wouldn't have picked these two. But now that we're stuck with them, I'm not as upset as you boys are. Uh, you're, Rusty, you're not lying. You're not lying. Take this one first. Finals MVP. Who wins it?
3: I mean, I've been the guy who voted for Andre gadala in the 2015 NBA Finals um, when there wasn't even a conversation of Steph Curry. It was, are you choosing Andre gadala or? LeBron James. Um, so, I, I can see this series being the same kind of thing. I think Milwaukee's going to win. So, the answer is probably going to be Chris Middleton. And then the rest of the world is going to say, what the best player is Giannis. If that's not who was the most important player. Is probably Chris
1: Middleton. Perfect transition. Marcus, Maxine. Mm-hmm the question I just asked, because I don't really care who wins the finals MVP. And Rusty, time for me to admit something to you. This is the main reason I wanted to talk to you today. And you've already triggered it, so let's go into it. Background for those who weren't paying attention. 2015, Steph Curry wins the MVP. Leads his team to a championship over the Cavs, but he does not win the finals MVP. In fact, he does not receive a single vote in the final MVP. And that has become remarkably important. Because the lack of final MVP is the only stone Steph haters still have in their pocket, right? It's the thing we have to fucking hear, non-stop. And the, the thing that kills me about it is that a guy who covered every second of his career has a personal friendship with him did not vote for him in Rusty. So let's go through some questions, all right? Rusty, you take this one last. Let me ask uh, MT, do you care that Steph does not have a finals MVP vote. Does it
2: resonate? I I only care because I know deep down Steph cares. He says he doesn't, but you, I know he does. Um, so that's the only reason I care. Other than that, no, I, I think there are more important things, and I think he, fundamentally he has changed the game forever, and that's way more impactful and influential than that finals MVP.
1: I shouldn't care. I'd like to tell you that I don't. I do. Every time I'm in an argument with somebody about how great Steph is, I am sitting there waiting for them to say the finals MVP thing, you know, and I don't have an immediate comeback. I've got easy ones. I've thrown them out. I'm, you know, we can talk legacy. We can talk all of his stats. But the idea that that thing is out there, it bothers me. It absolutely bothers me. Maxine, it bother you too?
4: Yeah, yeah, it bothers me. I mean, you know, I think it. It's sort of to your point, it, like for my personal understanding of how I view Steph's legacy, it, it doesn't change a thing for me. But I I cannot continue to listen to all of these pundits and all of the Steph haters that say that it matters. So that's why I want him to win it, just so that they all shut the hell up.
1: So Rusty,
4: take the next side of this,
1: because the next question I was going to ask, uh, Marcus has already basically triggered. Does this matter to Steph? You know, I mean, like, he's never going to say it does. We're not going to hear some public bullshit, but... In in you know, the, when he is alone and he's looking back on his career so far, you know him pretty well. Do you think a lack of Finals MVP sticks in his crawl a little bit? Breaks his heart. Say that
3: again. Breaks his heart. Why? He wants he because he wants every single thing that ever happened. Like it's it it drives him crazy that he didn't win the Rookie of the Year. And it's not every my fault. It's not my fault that Tyreek Evans was better.
1: Did you vote for Tyreek Evans? Of course.
3: Oh my god. Okay. Of course. So, he, he was better. So, like it's not my fault. But So go ahead. But but all that stuff makes him mad. He he keeps track of all of it. That's why he's one of the greatest players who ever played. Because he this stuff matters to him. He wants every single award. And that that's not like a selfish thing. Like he wants every single award as he wins championships. But of course he wants every single award and he's keeping track of it. And it makes him mad. He wants to win everything.
1: He's a killer. So put this together for us. All right. If the leader of the Bay Area, our personal killer, the, the guy who will go down as the most talented player to have ever gone to Warriors' jersey, desperately wanted a finals MVP and has not gotten one yet. And we look back, you have a relationship with him. You love this guy. You recognize his skill set, recognize what he's done for the team. All that together. Do you feel bad Do you did give him the finals MVP about Rising?
3: It's not my fault that he wasn't the best player or, or the most valuable player in that series. It, it, so wasn't no? even, it wasn't even an argument that Steph was not even in the argument. The argument is who was the best player? That was LeBron. Who was the most valuable player? That was Andre Gadala. And was, Steph, Steph was not even in the argument.
1: That's not my fault. It's not, but give me the actual answer to the question. Do you no, feel bad that you didn't give him a final vote, man? Right? Like, is there anything sticking out of my shit? I should have gone a different way. No.
3: Of course not. I do. I do my job. To, the argument was, who's the best player? Who's the most valuable player? I voted
1: for the most valuable player. Uh, that breaks my heart, but luckily I don't have to use just my response to you. So we, we've got uh, Patreon supporters. I let them know that I was going to try to talk you into winning for for Steph. They knew that I wouldn't be able to, so they've got a couple of angry questions for you. Here is uh, here is a take from Patreon Noah. Actually, I'll give you the one from. Matt, how much did LeBron pay you to not vote for Steph? Is that something you can disclose or no?
3: I, I wish that he would have paid me something to vote for Andre Iguodala. Steph Curry was not in the conversation. There, nobody, hey, it's fun to like remake history. That's what's crazy to me is that Steph Curry was not even in the conversation. It was either Andre Iguodala or LeBron James. I'll tell you what, I was surprised.
1: So When I looked in on this thing, with my dream when I was hoping – was that he was one vote away. But I just never looked at it, you know? <laughs> and so I look it up and I'm like, oh I'm gonna shut this up Rusty's ass. He could've changed history. I can't wait. And I look it up. He's not one vote away. He's not two votes away. He's not
3: four votes away. He didn't get one vote in that I would, I would, If that happened, I would I would have felt bad. I would have been like, Did I see it wrong? Did did I view that series wrong? Um the, if if that was the case, I would have felt weird. Steph Curry was not even in the conversation. He was not the best player. He was not the most valuable player. That was the conversation between Andre Iguodala and LeBron James.
1: Marcus, how does this make you
2: feel? I mean, is if, if Rusty's saying he was doing his job and that was what the conversation was, you gotta roll with what it was. I mean, I think the if it being something that really matters to Steph, to me, just feels like, uh, it, I don't know, not disappointing, but I just, I, I, would, I don't want Steph to focus on that. I feel like he, he's got other things to worry about, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Iguodala was the difference maker back then, so mm-hmm. there's a, a case to be made.
1: Ah, Maxime, didn't you feel any better about Steph's lack of?
4: No, I, I mean, I and now Marcus is. I mean, now I just kind of feel sad, right? I, Bob Myers was just on a podcast talking about how you know he, he would hope that um people realize that you know winning a championship, winning some award is not the most important thing, right? And kind of like how Kevin Durant learned after he won a chip, um, he wasn't fulfilled. Uh, you know, I, I worry that if Steph chases this, right, and then doesn't you know, maybe he does get it, maybe he doesn't. Um, you know, let's say he does. Maybe he does end up actually kind of feeling worse after he gets it. Um, that's not what we want. So, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm just coming to peace with it. You got to take the good with the bad. Steph changed the game. I don't care. I can sleep at night. I don't need to win those conversations. People are idiots if they think that
1: that stuff really matters. I mean, the objective reality is that Steph is a basketball god, and whether or not the sports writers watching the finals agree with that isn't going to change what it is he's done. You know, I mean, this is just a it's a fun distraction, if nothing else. But it's one worth going through. And here's the last question I have for all of you. Is Rusty a gigantic asshole for voting for Andre? Because he had a relationship with Steph? My answer is resounding yes. There's no question at all. But I'll turn to you guys. I'm wanting to hear the other side of this.
4: I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not falling on that sword. I buy <laughs> Rusty's uh, take.
2: MG? Asshole? No, not my main man, Rusty. Oh, my God. I'm out on a limb. Rusty, you at least agree with right?
3: His, history always tells the truth. <laughs> there, wasn't, there wasn't a single vote for him. He wasn't the most valuable or the best player in that finals. I'm sorry. I love him. I want to hang out with him. I think he's great at basketball. I think he's changed the game. But in that finals, he was not even close to being in the conversation.
1: Yeah, I wish I had stats to be you back. I wish that there was like two or three other votes to, to help this argument in the other direction of practical reality. There was not. So all I'm left with is calling you an asshole, Rusty, which I have no problem doing. You're nothing <laughs> again, uh, But you're also amazing at what you do. You remain one of my favorite guests on the show. And I know that I'm going to need more Simmons in my life. If I'm not alone, where should they go?
3: I mean, I hope uh, everybody's old school like me and gets uh, the San Francisco Chronicle delivered to their doorstep. I do. It's kind of it's kind of great. Like even if you don't like the hard copy, that also includes the online edition. That's wonderful. And you should follow Bram and you should follow Connor Letourneau and MT and Maxime. Follow all of them. They all retweet all kinds of good stuff.
1: <laughs> Actually, accurate for us. Our only presence on social media is our Twitter account at Warriors Huddle. You can shoot us an email. Let me know I was wrong, right? A dick, anything. Send that to WarriorsHuddle at gmail.com. And with that in mind, the lawyers, hopefully, see you next week.
2: Good, good.